All right. Hello, church family. Uh, Well, as you had probably heard, we went on vacation and came back with a possibly with a special gift for everyone. So we are going to keep that to ourselves (laughs) today. And so here we are back on the camera. Uh, Before I uh, have our message, just a a couple of announcements, uh, which will be printed in the bulletin or in the email I send out too, so you can read it there. But um, really just the big thing is next week we're only having a morning service. uh, And and next Sunday is Ryan's last Sunday with us before he heads off to college. So uh, be sure to cry and give him hugs and and not COVID. So (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, so Lord willing, we'll we'll be back. on Sunday and uh, we'll have that, but then he has to go to college that afternoon and we're driving him up um, and all that. So uh, we're just going to have the morning service next Sunday. And then um, as far as, as uh, we go, we're, we're all doing all right. Um, I've been feeling a bit under the weather the last few days, uh, just minor symptoms, but because of the possible exposure to COVID and everything, we're just, um, following the protocols and taking that um, seriously. Uh, I do have an appointment Monday morning to get a, a quick test done to um, see what that shows. So we'll have more information there and I'll email out everyone once I know for sure if it's a positive or negative. So, um, all right, that's uh, really everything uh, I needed to say. <laughs> well, before the message yeah, anyway. Right. <laughs> All right, sit down. <clears throat> okay, I, uh, I'm going to be in Psalm 128 this morning. <clears throat> um, before we uh, look at that, let's have a word of prayer. Um, our Father, thank you uh, for this morning and just for the technology that uh, Lord has, enables me to at least get a message out to uh, the church family and uh, Lord, I pray that you will um, uh, use these words to reach uh, them and, and others, Father, who may come across this video. And uh, Father, thank you um, just for all you, you have done for us. And uh, Lord, as we consider what Psalm 128 has for us, I pray you will teach us and uh, use your word in our life. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right, Psalm 128 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Uh, The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Uh, Also, one one quick thing before we get started. Uh, Hopefully, there's a couple of songs at the beginning of the video. Um, That's from some special music my family did at um, Missionary Acres when we were there last week. So, um, if I can get them posted and figure out how to do this all. It'll be all in one video for you. So in case you're wondering what that was. (laughs) All right. 
Psalm 128. Uh, we're going to look at life with God. Last week, we looked at life without God in Psalm 127. And Psalm 128 kind of uh, carries on that theme of what life is like with God. And someone who has determined to follow God's way. And we saw how in Psalm 127, you know, those those uh, verses that are well known, that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain, that if, if the Lord watches over the city, unless the Lord does that, the watchman is awake in vain, <clears throat> um, that work is vain unless we do it for the Lord, um, that children are inherited from the Lord and, and uh, those blessings that come. Um, and, and I looked at it from the opposite perspective, you know, that life without God is pointless. It is empty. <clears throat> so to pick up on that theme of life with God, we see what happens to the man who is uh, walking in, the, in God's way and who fears the Lord. And, uh, well, I say man, a, a person, anyone. Uh, I, I came across this quote. It's a little lengthy, but <clears throat> it's... Uh, it's well worth our consideration this morning. And when I read this psalm and then look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when I look at our society, I, you know, I realize there is something wrong with our world. There is something wrong with our, our country. There is something wrong with the way life is. And Scripture tells us, you know, uh, quite simply, that thing that is wrong is sin. Um, but here, here's what this quote says. <clears throat> it says, uh, we live in a world that's unable to satisfy our greatest thirst. Our soul is spiritual. The material can't satisfy it. Our soul is eternal. The, temp the temporal can't satisfy it. Our soul is exceptional. The trivial can't satisfy it. Yet what does the world offer? You guessed it, the material, temporal, and trivial. Uh, then he goes on to say that the American way of life may be the envy of the world, its gadgets and accoutrements sought after and emulated, but the American version of happiness, it turns out, is quite lethal. America is a violent and disturbed country. Its teenagers have the highest suicide rate in the world. It leads the world in the consumption of drugs, legal and illegal in addictions of various kinds, in divorce, in the incidence of depressive illness, and in the marketing of a vast range of therapies to counteract these problems, all of which points to a vast underlying unhappiness. Uh, as I have said, I am grateful to live in America, and I think there are many um, blessings of being in, our, in this country. But something is wrong. If these stats are accurate, there is something definitely wrong with our society. And again, it comes down to sin. Uh, <clears throat> and what this psalm wants us to consider is what is life with God? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got birds chirping in the background. <laughs> you can hear that. Uh, what is life with God, a life that is blessed by God. You know, again, that we live in a country that promotes itself, you know, as the land of opportunity and 
that here we can find, uh, you know, the, the pursuit of, of happiness and all those things. But again, if these stats are true, you know, we're leading the world in, in suicides, in, in illegal drugs, in all these things. There is something fundamentally wrong. And, you know, to, uh, I guess to hijack a phrase that we've heard a lot of over the last four or five years to make America great again, um, what it really begins with is us. It begins with you. And I guess we could even say it ends there as well, that we have a responsibility, you know, not to just vote someone into office and, and let them take care of things because we are a sinful country run by sinful leaders and we're prone to sin. A true change will happen on the individual level when a person has decided to follow God, to fear the Lord, and to walk in his way. That's where the real change happens. And so let's consider that this morning. That First of all, where does it begin? Um, in verse 1, it says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. So it begins with us. It begins with you, with me. Uh, so we're going to see this word blessed come up about four times in this passage. And there's actually two different Hebrew words that the writer uses here. Um, the first two are the Hebrew word asher, which means happy. And you see that translated a lot in Psalms. Uh, and, you know, I've said often that um, translating it to mean just happy is kind of a disservice to the world because or to the word because it's a really loaded uh, word, uh, but that's generally how it's to be considered. Uh, but then also he uses the Hebrew word uh, barak, which means to be blessed, and that is specifically to be blessed by God or to be honored by God for God to show you favor, um, and it's an even deeper meaning of that word. So both words here into English are translated as blessed. Uh, so first of all, he says, blessed or happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his way. Blessed is the one who fears God. That the, the man, the woman who fears the Lord is happy. He has joy. They have peace. They have contentment because he fears God. You know, there's there is an un how to put this there is an ungodly fear or an un, unholy fear of God, and then there is the proper fear of God. So I guess improper fear of God and, and proper fear of God is how I'd describe that. Uh, and it depends on whether or not you have trusted Christ as your Savior. Uh, I have whether it's a proper fear or not, <laughs> you know, I have a fear of heights. So that makes me not want to do things like go on roller coasters and, you know, my family and, and uh, youth group all say that I'm no fun, <laughs> but at least I'm alive. So my fear of heights prevents me from doing some things. I was reading a story about uh, this, uh, this uh, group that was going to go kayaking down a river and they, and I, I can't, it was in a, maybe it was in some other country. It wasn't in, in the United States, but they said, uh, you know, that to, 
were talking about the different uh, safety protocols and all that. And they said, you know, mostly the rapids will, will be fine. You shouldn't be worried about them. What you should be worried about are the hippos. And because the hippos will come in underneath the boat and, and actually attack it and turn it over and then gobble you up if, if they're feeling threatened. Uh, and so that struck fear at all of the, uh, the kayakers <laughs> who were going down the river. Uh, you know, you think of hippos as being just large, cute, cuddly creatures, but they're actually quite vicious from what I've heard. And so they put the fear of these animals in, into the kayakers. Um, and that served a purpose because if you fear that, you're going to um, treat it with the respect that it deserves uh, and uh, take, you know, steps accordingly. How do we fear God? We ought not to be afraid of him if we have accepted Christ as our Savior. If we are living without Christ, then I think our fear, our being scared of God and his judgment is very well, uh, very well placed. In fact, for many of us, that's what drove us to Jesus in the first place, is we saw that without Jesus, we would spend an eternity in hell and face God's judgment, and that scared us. And so we turn to Christ. Uh, but now, as a believer, when we have done that and have accepted Christ as our Savior, that fear is gone. And yet Scripture still says, Scripture says that we ought not to fear God, but that it also says we ought to fear God properly. That fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. Um, so, so which is it? <laughs> well, I think it comes down to that uh, that distinction, uh, are we afraid or are we in awe of God? We respect his power. We respect who he is. So we show him reverence. And yes, we, we fear uh, his displeasure, but we don't have to fear his judgment. We don't have to be scared of hell anymore because Jesus has saved us from that. So the writer of Psalm of this Psalm is saying that the man, that the person who has, who has the fear of the Lord, uh, he is blessed. He is happy. He is at peace in spite of what could be going on around him. Uh, second part of that as to where it begins is that he is blessed if he walks in God's way. And this could be Hebrew poetry saying the same thing in two different ways, that to fear the Lord is to walk in his ways. So if you think, okay, I'm going to fear the Lord, what does that mean? What does that look like in my life? I think that gives us a clue that we walk in the way of God. Uh, and especially in Psalms, you see a lot about um, discussion about walking with God and walking in the way of the Lord. And that God's word guides us and that God himself guides us and teaches us how to walk. And so to fear the Lord, it says, I'm going to put aside my wishes, my wants, my desires and do what God wants me to do and live the way that God wants me to live. And scripture says that if we do that, we will be blessed. We will be happy. We will have joy, not the kind that the world gives us because, uh, you know, John tells us in first John, he says, love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world, because those things are selfish, they're sinful, and they will fade away. They will not last. The joy that comes from the fear of the Lord and walking in his, and walking in his way 
is the joy that will last and endure throughout all eternity. And so it begins with our relationship with God. Secondly, what does it produce? If we live this way, what does it produce? Uh, well, it produces fruit. In uh, verses 2 through 4, it says, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed, and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Uh, so again, we get the word blessed, the, the word asher, the word happy. And it will result in fruit in your life. By living this way, it produces fruit in your life. Um, it says that you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it will be well with you. So you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. He's saying that what you do will have fruit. It will have success. You will see results that, uh, you know, we like to have results when we do things. Uh, you know, that's that's normal. You, you do something, you want to see good results come from it. Sometimes they don't always come when you want them and they don't always come uh, how you want them. <laughs> but we like to see fruit uh, from anything from, you know, gardening. You, you plant your seeds. You want to see that plant grow. You want to harvest the fruit that you planted. God says that if you walk in his way and if you fear the Lord, that this is life with God. And the results are that you will see success in your work. You will see success in what you do because you have feared the Lord and walked in his way. Uh, it says, you shall be blessed and it will be well with you. Now, there are many people in our world who love God and who are following God, and it appears that they face nothing but suffering and persecution. And these are the verses that are hard to, uh, to, to preach and hard to understand, knowing that those things go on. Uh, but to consider that, and the things that truly matter, that even if I'm being persecuted, is it truly well with me? Is it, am I happy? Am I at peace? Am I doing good? Uh, you know, these are questions we can ask, our, ask ourselves even during those dark periods of life. Because for me, maybe it means we have to redefine what it means to be well, what it means to be doing good. <laughs> uh, that, you know, scripture again promises us that when we are God's we are not separated from him. Nothing separates us from him. We are his forever. So even though my world may be crashing down around me, it is well, as the song says, uh, because I belong to God and nothing can separate that. And that might be the only string on our rope we're holding on to when we've come to the end of our tether, uh, but it's one that won't break. It's one that won't let us down. The man who walks in, the, in his way, the man who fears the Lord, will live a life of fruitful blessing. It may be spiritual blessings. It may be physical blessings. Uh, but God promises to bless those who follow him. Uh, so there's fruit in our own lives. 
it also produces fruit in our in our family lives. Oh, uh, you know, we we see so many families breaking apart. We see, uh, as I mentioned in the opening illustration, you know, with the uh, uh, just the high rise in in, in crime and and uh, uh, drugs and uh, alcohol abuse and all that in our country. Um, it's obvious again, evidence something is wrong. And I think it's the lack of God in the family life, that it's a lack of God in, um, in our society. And I mean, we're sinful. We're not going to be perfect. And, and, you know, and even some of the best parents have had kids that have strayed from God. Somebody pointed out to me once that God is the best parent of all, you know, we call him father and even his children stray. Uh, so that maybe encourages parents a little bit. But uh, to to determine to uh, follow God, walk in his ways, to fear the Lord will produce, generally speaking, will produce good fruit in your family. It says in verse three, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Uh, <laughs> I, I came across some interesting interpretations of this verse um, that implied well, straight out said that this meant that a woman's place was in the home. And I kind of disagree with that on, on some level. Um, but uh, th that's not, this isn't what this verse is talking about. What it's saying is that she will be fruitful in her endeavors as well. That as she is within your house, that she is satisfied, that she is producing fruit, and that she is doing what God intended her to do. Uh, whatever that may be. And, you know, again, we see a, a high rate of divorce, even among Christians, uh, that, you know, we, we teach that, we, that God intends marriage to be for, forever. And yet our statistics for divorce are no different than those outside of the church. Um, to have a <laughs> fruitful wife uh, to have a wife who is satisfied with God's calling for her, I think, again, it begins with us. That are we walking in the way of God? Are we fearing the Lord? Uh, and that will have an impact on our family, on our spouses, and also on our children. It says that your children will be like olive shoots around your table. This is kind of funny because today I have my children around the table here uh, and my wife and one noisy parakeet back there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I want to look at them and see if they look like um, olive shoots. I don't know if I could tell you what an olive shoot looks like. But again, it's that idea that they are blossoming. They are producing fruit. Um, <laughs> they're producing something. that. <laughs> You know, these are um, things as, as our kids are getting older and they're getting ready for for the real world. You, you know, Ryan's about to or head to college. Sam's just a couple of years away from being done. Gracie's only three years old still, so um, she's fine. But <laughs> just kidding. Gracie's starting junior high. This is traumatizing. Uh, but, you know, we, we hope and we pray that they will uh, follow the Lord and they will produce good fruit in their life. And scripture tells us that if we want that, you know, we could read all the books, all the parenting books, all, all this stuff. But what really matters 
is are we walking in the way of God? Are we fearing the Lord? That's the way to produce godly fruit in your life, in your marriages, in your in your children's lives. Uh, and it says the promise to us in verse 4 that behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And now he uses a different word for blessing. It's the again the word barak to uh, be have God's favor upon you to be uh, to be blessed in that way. So that the the man who does this, the person who lives in this way, not only will you have godly happiness, godly joy, but you will have God's favor upon you, and it will demonstrate and it will be evident in the way that your your family, your wife, your children, your uh, your husband how they produce godly fruit. And that will be the sign of God's blessing on your life. And, uh, you know, Israel, as I mentioned, I think a couple of weeks ago, that it, that they saw that the more children you had, the, that was a bigger sign of God's blessing. Um, you know, so the families that had 12, 16, 20 kids, um, God has really abundantly blessed them. Of course, they probably had two or three wives too, but uh, never mind that. Um, and, uh, you know, and also back then Israel saw that the older you lived, that was again a sign of God's blessing, that you lived longer then God's blessing was on you more. Uh, and, and so uh, to come back to this again, that the man who is blessed, the man who has, God has shown favor to, this is the way it will be demonstrated in his life. Um, that his entire family, from himself to his children, will be producing godly fruit. And I think that's a way we can understand that today. Um, I know they're speak, it's speaking to Israel in this context, but there, I, I really believe there is some uh, application for us today that this application applies. Uh, so thirdly, how far does it reach? Uh, and we saw some of that, that it, it reaches not just from us, you know, from the person who's decided to live this way, but to our families. But we even see it perhaps on a national level in verse 5. This is a, a prayer perhaps from uh, from the writer, or some even see it as a um, reminder, a teaching, an instruction that it's the Lord who blesses you from Zion, you know, from Jerusalem. Uh, he says in verse five, the Lord, the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Uh, may you see your children's children, peace be upon Israel. So the writer, as he's speaking to these pilgrims, as he's speaking to Israel, he, he says, May God bless you from Jerusalem, from Zion. When they see the word Zion, they're thinking temple. They're thinking that's where God's presence is dwelling. That uh, he says, may the Lord bless you from where he dwells in Zion. And he prays for the city that may the, the person who reads this live to see the prosperity of Jerusalem. Because perhaps it's because Jerusalem is filled then with people who are fearing the Lord and walking in his way all the days of their life. May you see your children's children. He says, may you have long life so that you can see your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And I think the implication there is that, that you may see them 
producing the fruit that we saw in verse 3 with their children. And that you would see God's blessing be bestowed not just on yourself, but on your children's children. And he prays, peace be upon Israel. Uh, that when there is peace, it enables this, this goodness to, to flourish even more. It's interesting that even uh, persecution, though, doesn't prevent God's people from flourishing. Uh, I can remember my, my grandpa, he had said he, he had certain um, challenges that he gave himself as far as uh, old age went, that he wanted to, first of all, live to the year 2000 so that he could see his grandchildren grown up and successful and, and ha starting families of their own. And so he managed to do that. And then he, you know, he wanted to make it to, uh, uh, I forget how old he would have been, but, uh, anyway, you know, he wanted to make it to age 85 and then he wanted to make it to age 90 and he, he came just about a month or two short of reaching his age of, of 90. Um, uh, but, uh, he had told my dad that if he had reached 90, his next goal was going to be a hundred. You know, he thought, well, I live this long. I might as well go to the big number. So, <laughs> um, he, he almost made it, uh, but his, his desire was to see his children, his grandchildren, and his great-grandchildren growing and succeeding at, at, at what they uh, wanted to do at, at, at life. And when I read things like that, that's what I'm reminded of, that God makes that possible uh, because we have chosen to submit ourselves to him. Now, we know that because we live in a world that is cursed by sin, this doesn't always happen that we know people who have died as, uh, you know, we, we say that they, they were young, you know, in their 20s, in their 30s, in their 40s, uh, that they were not because they were sinful, but because they, they just, they died. Uh, they were sick or something happened to them. They were in a car accident, things like that. That's the impact that sin has on our world. It destroys, it corrupts. You know, God's plan for us is to be fruitful, to have life and to live it abundantly and to enjoy his blessings forever. That's God's plan. And that's the way it can be. And that's the way it will be in heaven. But because sin has come in, it corrupts that. So instead of godly people all living to see their children's children's children, some of them are struck down early. Some of them see their children stray from the path that's right. Some of them see their, their parents stray from the path that's right. Uh, and that's the impact of sin. But life with God is abundant. Life with God is so much better than life in our own control. And this is what the writer wants those weary pilgrims to remember as they are coming into Jerusalem for these celebrations. Uh, for their, their yearly journeys. They want them to remember as they are approaching Jerusalem and Zion and seeing the temple to remember that's where God dwells. I need to walk in his way. I need to be live in the fear of God so that he will bless me uh, and so that I may have true, genuine happiness and contentment with the blessings that God has given me. God has blessed many of us with uh, faith, 
faithful families, with godly children, with godly spouses. I hope you express to the Lord and to them how grateful you are for that, that they are pursuing God and growing fruit in their life. This is life with God. It is a life of fruitfulness and contentment. Uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for the instruction you give us uh, in your word here that uh, genuine happiness, genuine peace, genuine joy comes from you. And it comes from sacrifice, that we are sacrificing our own selfish desires in light of your will for us. Uh, and Lord, for some of us, that can be hard and that can be uh, difficult. But Lord, we pray that you will help us to do that. Uh, as you lead us in whatever path you call us, Lord, I pray that uh, we will walk in your way, that we will live in godly fear of who you are. Lord, live in love of you and see the joy that comes from following uh, our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for watching this all. And this will be up and in your email um, here soon. Um, obviously, if you're watching it now, <laughs> you, you know that. Uh, and I'll have uh, an audio version of this on the church website. If you want to just listen instead of watching, that's fine. Um, you don't have to look at my ugly face. All right. So you all take care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> take care. Uh, Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday, if not sooner. And uh, we'll be in touch with uh, any any health updates. So uh, take care.